What is going to happen to real estate if we hit a recession? Don't panic. We're going to go through every scenario and I promise that in a recession or out of a recession, there are going to be lots of changes coming very soon. Hey guys, Eric Martel here. And today I'm going to try to clear up everything about the recession and real estate. What a recession is, what the leading indicators are, and how long do they last, and most importantly, how it impacts the real estate market. But first, make sure you like and subscribe because there's no other place or channel that's going to give you the expert information you need to survive and thrive as an investor in this market. So let's start with the basics. What is a recession? A recession refers to a significant decline in economic activity. And in the past, the definition used by economists was two consecutive quarters of economic decline as reflected by the real GDP. Well, we hit that. Does that mean we are officially in a recession? Well, not exactly. The organization that officially declares a recession is the ENBR, the National Bureau of Economic Research. And they don't just look at the real GDP growth to declare a recession. They also look at business failures, bank failures, elevated unemployment, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And if there's a negative GDP growth without those other factors, they're not willing to call it a recession yet. So let's look at each component. So real GDP. In the first quarter of 2022, the US economy experienced a negative 1.5% GDP growth. As of July, the Q2 numbers showed a negative GDP growth of 0.9%. So things are looking very much like we're heading into a recession. And if we do, here's what we will start to see. You will start hearing of companies slowing down expansion plans like Amazon. And we just saw companies miss their earnings and tech giants have started to announce lowered expectations of earnings, including Meta, formerly Facebook, Snap and Microsoft, as well as big retailers like Walmart who have cut expectations for their next quarter. So it's not looking great. So the second indicator of a recession is unemployment. So at the onset of a recession, as companies cope with diminished demand, declining profits and elevated debt, many start to lay off workers in order to cut costs. The unemployment rate is at a historical low right now. And as they say, unemployment rises like a rocket and falls like a feather. A wave of layoffs have fallen across the US and many companies have put a freeze on hiring. Peloton laid off thousands of employees earlier this year. Real estate firm Remax slashed 17% of its workforce. Even traditionally layoff resistant companies like Netflix have made cuts. And now companies that saw a pandemic era boom like Shopify are cutting hundreds of jobs. The non-farm payroll employment rose by 372 thousand jobs in June and unemployment remains at 3.6%. Well, non-farm payroll is basically regular unemployment job. They're, the reason why they're focusing on non-farm payroll is that obviously farm is seasonal. They want to focus on employment for the overall economy. And what that means towards the recession is that if the unemployment is very low, if people are fully employed, can that really be a recession? So this number, 372,000 new jobs in June, is a great number. The unemployment is still at 3.6%, which is pretty much full employment. We're not seeing a dramatic rise in unemployment. Things are looking pretty good on the employment and the job side. And I think the reason for this is that a lot of the layoffs happen 
in companies that were on a very strong expansion path. So some of the companies that saw a rapid expansion during the pandemic have now decided to pull back as the economy is slowing down. So most signs are pointing to a significant slowdown in the US economy so far. But what are the leading indicators of a significant recession? So GDP and unemployment are just telling us of things that already happened. So what we want to focus on is indicators that are going to show us what is going to happen in the next few months. And we're going to look at the same metrics, the same numbers that economists are looking at in order to predict the future. There are three major and kind of boring sounding equations that indicate whether a recession is happening or not. But I promise you they are incredibly important and I'll tell you exactly what they mean. Number one indicator is Business's Purchasing Manager Index. It indicates the level of demand for products by measuring the amount of ordering activity at the nation's factory. This index fell in June from 56 to 53. Well, this may not sound like a big drop, but it is the slowest growth in factory activity since June 2020. This is pointing to a slowdown in the economy and it may mean terrible things. So normally it stays pretty stable or it goes up, but it shouldn't go down. So number two is the conference board of leading economic index. So this conference board is composed of a bunch of economists. They've been very good at predicting what the economy will be like seven months from now. Is it going to be better than it is today or is it going to be worse than it is today? So the US LEI fell again 0.4% in May. And this is basically an indication that about five, six, seven months from now, the economy is going to be a little bit worse than it is today. And this was fueled by tumbling stock prices, a slowdown in the housing construction and gloomier consumer expectations. So this uh, conference board of economists have a pretty good track record of predicting what the economy will be like about six months from now. Number three is the yield curve. The yield curve graphically represents yields on similar bonds across a variety of maturities. Analysts often compare yield curve signals to a spread between two maturities, typically three months versus 10 year treasury bond. Normally one would expect the shorter yield to be lower than the long-term yield because there's less risk in short term than in the long term. What analysts trying to predict a recession are looking for is an inverted yield curve. And an inverted yield curve is when the short-term yield is higher than the long-term yield. An inverted treasury yield curve is one of the most reliable leading indicators of a recession. And we don't have an inverted yield curve at this time, but the short-term yield is increasing rapidly while the 10-year yield is going down. So we are heading that way, but not yet. So when I'm looking at these three indicators, I'm seeing a slowdown in the economy, but honestly, I am not seeing yet the sign of a recession. So recession is a big buzzword and people are often very scared of that, but recessions happen all the time. And in fact, this recession happened normally around every like nine to 10 years and we're due for a new recession. The last recession happened with the 2008 financial crisis. So more than 10 years ago. And by that measure, we are long overdue. How long does the recession last? If we look at the period since World War II, recessions last an average of 11 months. The 2008 recession, the Great Recession, lasted 18 months. I think it will be very unlikely for this recession to last more than 12 months. This is not a global recession. 
This is not a major financial crisis. This is purely driven by inflation. This inflation was caused by the inflation because the Federal Reserve is trying to slow down the economy. They're trying to increase the interest rate, the Federal Reserve rate, to slow down the economy, to slow down the economic activities. And this is why we're kind of seeing the effect of that. We're seeing the slowdown in the economy, and this is driven by the Federal Reserve in response to inflation. Now to the big question, how will a recession impact the real estate market? Let's be real. The market is crazy and the recession probably already started at the beginning of the year. When the recession is official, we will already have been six months into this recession already with another six months to go. The worst effect of a recession is unemployment. People losing their jobs and potentially their homes. That's why it's so important to have enough emergency savings to weather the storm. So wherever you are now, make sure you have at least six months of runway in case of layoffs or a downturn. Real estate doesn't go up or down on its own. Supply and demand fuels its rise and fall. So if unemployment goes up to 10%, the demand for real estate will drop significantly because less people are able to buy homes. Millennials who are planning to buy a house or move out of the parents' house will now put their plans on hold due to high rents and their job prospects. We've already seen a big decline in demand due to interest rates. Now, what about the other side of the coin, the owner-occupied supply side of the real estate market? For homeowners who become unemployed, they may be forced to sell their home, which would push the supply up. Baby boomers who were planning on waiting a bit for retirement may have to retire early now due to being laid off and may have to sell their homes and move to renting to make up the remaining money. To put things in perspective, in 2008, less than 1 million houses were foreclosed on due to bad loans given to people who wouldn't even qualify for loans today. This is not going to happen, so I don't expect foreclosures to go up, but I do expect some homeowners to sell their house to prevent losing it in foreclosure sale. This will increase the supply significantly. The current housing supply is increasing, but we're still short of the pre-pandemic levels. Housing price increases we've seen in the past will be replaced by more normal pricing. Some metropolitan areas, such as expensive markets with negative net migration, may experience real estate crashes, while others will continue at a slower pace. And we're already seeing that today. If you look at San Francisco Bay Area, there are some markets in San Francisco Bay Area where the real estate, the housing prices have gone down 10 and 15%. San Francisco is still high up, but other sub-markets are going down. You're looking at Austin, Texas, market going down 10, 15%. If you look at uh, Las Vegas, Henderson, Nevada, housing prices going down 10%. But then you're also looking at Cleveland, Ohio, house prices are still going up. You look at Miami, you look at other markets like that that are still growing, and these house prices are still going up. So we're not going to see the real estate market crash across the whole nation, across all markets. It's going to be pretty localized. Some markets are going to go down, some markets are going to go up, some markets are going to go kind of sideways, but it's going to be very localized. What about rental real estate? Well, currently we're seeing incredible demand for rental units. The vacancy rates have declined 13.8% since last year. Rents have increased 25% since last year. 
This is likely going to be a swing in favor of rental real estate because fewer owners will be able to afford homes, but there will be a lot more renters. The recession will cause some millennials to postpone their move outs, which will reduce the demand for rents. But we will also see current renters in A-class houses downgrade to a more affordable B-class unit as their leases come up for renewal. What to avoid in real estate? Expensive markets with negative net migration. Luxury and A-class properties are the hardest hit during a recession. On the rental properties, focus on B and C-class properties as renters will downgrade to more affordable rentals. So a lot of these expensive markets, if people are going to lose their job or they're going to have some difficulty with employment, they're going to be forced to move out to a market that they can't afford. So if you're in an expensive market, you're going to have to move out. It's going to accelerate the negative net migration. And you should avoid it because the price uh, are going to go down in these markets. So the net effect of a recession in the real estate, I would focus on markets that have positive growth, focus on real estate rentals because there's going to be more people that are going to be renting. And I'm also going to focus on rental properties that are going to be in the B and C class kind of neighborhood, B and C class kind of asset. The reason for this is that during a recession, a lot of people are downgrading again from luxury and A class properties. Thanks guys. Make sure you like and subscribe because millionaires are made in recessions. And I'm going to be giving you the latest news and happenings in the real estate world that you won't find anywhere else. Good luck and protect your money.